Hi, this is Anishka Fernandopoli. I hope this talk supports you in your practice. If you'd like to support my teaching, you can use the donate button under my picture on dharmaseed.org or go to my website, anushkaf.org, A-N-U-S-H-K-A-F.org, and click on donate. Thanks. I appreciate your support. So as we start our day of practice together, it can be good to re-emphasize for yourself uh, what your intention is for the sitting, for the day, and for your practice. And you can just say that in your own words, whether it's to cultivate being present, if you have particular focus that has been drawing you in your meditation practice, you could call that up. To cultivate the heart or the mind. And then you can just let that go. And just allow your attention to drop into the body. So just feeling your physical body sitting here. You might feel pressure where you're touching the cushion or bench or chair. You might notice it feels different temperatures in your body, where there's exposed skin and where there's clothing. Try to just relax into a very gentle practice of being present. It takes a very slight effort. A gentle effort, a relaxed effort. So you're actually just doing nothing and sitting here and then paying attention to what that's like.
it can help sometimes to have a place to ground your attention. So it's possible to notice all the different aspects of our life as they arise. So you can stay with the sense of the whole body as you're sitting here. Or you can tune in to the aspect of the body as it's breathing. So just noticing that wherever it's easiest to notice it. Feeling the whole rise and fall of your torso. Or feeling the breath as it comes in and out of your nostrils or at your throat. Again, just a very slight effort. And attending really more than an effort with interest. There's no need at all to breathe differently. Just feeling exactly what it feels like as best you can as the body is doing its natural thing of breathing in and breathing out. just let sounds come and go in the background. They don't have to bother you. They're just doing their thing. And likewise also thoughts can just come and go in the background. You can know that they are there. but not get too caught up in them if you can help it. They're also just naturally arising, just like the sounds. They come, they have their life, and they pass away on their own.
So we're slowly training ourselves to be present, to know what's happening. If you find yourself lost in a daydream of some kind, you can just notice that with interest. See how that happened effortlessly. can notice what your mind went to, generally speaking, planning or worrying, imagining, fantasizing. You can even label that with one word if you like. And then gently bring your attention back and connect again with the body. very patient with yourself, with your mind. Very kind with the untrained mind. Just patiently coming back. again and again as a practice.
you can just check in sometimes with the level of effort that's there. And just see that it's very relaxed. It's a relaxed awareness. There's no need to strive or push or bear down at all. Just turning with interest to paying attention to the body, to the breath, to our life.
noticing where your attention is.
So in a little while you'll hear the sound of the bell, which will mark the end of our sitting together. You can shift your attention to the sense of hearing. Just noticing whatever there is to be noticed in the field of hearing. There might be soft sounds, loud sounds, distant sounds, near sounds. trying to rest attention in that whole field of hearing, allowing all the sounds to come and go or to be there in whatever way they naturally are. Notice if your mind is reaching for or grasping after different sounds, what that feels like. See if you can just rest gently in that field of hearing where everything happens on its own. Again, you can notice if your attention goes to the field of thought, if you start thinking about sounds, or anything else. If so, you can just notice that and then bring your attention back, very simply resting and hearing. So when you hear the sound of the bell, you can just connect with that, with your attention. 
try to stay with that sound for as long as you hear it ringing out. If your attention wavers, it's okay. You can just notice that and then bring it back again. Let's see if you can stay with that sound until it's all the way rung out, until there's no more bell sound anymore. And after that, you can open your eyes and come back to the room, the group. So we'll explain a little bit about um, some of the conventions here and uh, also some of the teachings underlying the practices that we're doing here. So one is this uh, bowing that you see some people doing at the end of the sitting. So this is optional. You don't have to do it. Uh, It was appreciation for ourselves and for the others who are sitting together and actually also a recognition of our own and the other's possibility of awakening, so our own potential of freedom. And also you could consider it just a thank you for sitting quietly near me uh, during the the sitting period. Because it's actually like a very unusual thing to be doing, to be just sitting quietly near each other. And as you might have found, it's not necessarily so easy to do So it's really good to be very patient with yourself also, uh, all the time really, but particularly in the beginning of a retreat. So we have a certain momentum of the body and of the mind uh, that we bring with us. So whatever it was that was occupying your mind prior to coming here, and whatever level of energy that there was in the body. Uh, So just like a physical object, when it's in motion, can continue in motion, it doesn't just stop suddenly. Uh, you can see that that happens with the mind and the body too. So probably you don't come to a screeching, sudden, quiet halt like that. Uh, But the mind will continue to think about the things that you were thinking about before to some extent. And then also the body. You might find the body being tired or restless or uh, not used to sitting still for so long, things like that. It all is workable within the practice. So we're just developing our ability to be present and see what's really here, see what's true, with kindness, with honesty. And oftentimes a lot of what we see might be actually a little difficult to see, so that our mind isn't doing what we want it to do, so that our body isn't behaving the way we want it 
to be. Just like the people I described on the bus that I was on, or, you know, I'm traveling. Right? So our own body and mind doesn't conform to our expectations all the time. So can we just see this and be very patient and kind with it? And be open with that. So one of the things I like to do in um, San Francisco is uh, swimming. And I swim in a pool in the gym. Uh, There's an outdoor pool on the roof of the gym. It's something we can have in California, maybe not in New England as much. And oftentimes when the adults are swimming laps, there's like a class of kids who comes in. And um, the kids are not very still. You know, they're little kids and they're usually like hopping on one foot or like splashing around, like turning somersaults in the water, uh, splashing each other. And then occasionally they'll actually pay attention to what the instructor is saying, you know, like get a kickboard and, you know, put it out and kick your legs and stuff. And they'll do that back and forth for a while. And then... They'll be back hanging on the wall, you know, spinning around and hopping and splashing and stuff. So this is kind of like the untrained mind also. So you bring it to the pool here, the retreat center pool, and you might find it splashing and kicking and somersaulting and this kind of thing. Uh, But just to be very patient and kind with it, you know, just like, you know, the kids, they're just doing their thing. They're... uh, occasionally able to direct their attention in this way. Uh, they're probably actually having more fun than the adults who are swimming back and forth, you know, the laps. Right? Uh, and actually, I think they could learn something from even all this stuff. So as you start to spin around in the water, you notice like, oh, like I get water up my nose if I don't breathe out, you know, things like that. So even all the things that seem like your mind is doing that are like off track, you can really learn from that. Just see what it's up to, you know, understand this. So this is like actually a lab to understand, you know, what is this body, what is this mind, you know, what is this life? Like what is this that that leads towards happiness and what leads towards difficulty and suffering and stress for us? Is it something outside? Is it that everybody else should be doing what I want them to be doing? Or is there some component of it that's happening here? So one of the basic teachings, uh, the Buddha and Buddhist psychology, is about what it is that makes up reality for us. And it actually is fairly simple. So what we experience as human beings is our life is a kaleidoscope of six different sensed experiences. So every moment of our life from the time we're born till the time we die is really our consciousness meeting a sense experience through one of our sense doors. So in the Buddhist teaching, this says six sense doors. So the five you probably learned when you were a little kid. So seeing, smelling, tasting, hearing, touching, right? And the sixth sense door is the mind. So the mind itself is just considered a sense door through which we receive sense impressions. So right now you're seeing, you can see if your eyes are open, if your eyes are working. And that's just happening on its own. There's no you directing that. There's no you even receiving that. 
is just a process of consciousness receiving sight with colors through the functioning of the eye. Similarly with smells, tastes, touch, hearing. So when a sound arises, effortlessly, the ear might receive that with consciousness. So it's helpful and interesting to notice the effortlessness of that. Like when the bell rang, that just happened. So there was no you that had to make that happen, or even that was receiving that in some way. So the helpful one to reflect on for this that's more unusual is uh, the mind itself as a sense store. So the mind itself just receives sense impressions of thoughts, of images. And some of those thoughts are plans, some of those thoughts are memories, some are old TV shows, some are uh, still pictures, some are sexual fantasies, some are... uh, Thoughts about ourselves, stories. Actually, a lot are thoughts about ourselves. <laughs> you can find. But it's just the same as the sound arising. So it's just actually a thought being received by the mind. And the thought is just that. It's very uh, ephemeral. It's also another sense object that, like all of these sense objects, are always coming and going. So none of these things are actually permanently there. All the sights change, all the sounds change, all the body sensations change. And then likewise all the thoughts, the mind objects, change all the time. The practice of developing this mindfulness, this presence, is actually knowing what's really true about ourselves, about our lives, about the mind and the body. So when we sit, it's actually a, it is a discipline. Uh, like what if I sit still and see what happens when there's no effort being made to concoct something? So you're not having to like, be in a job interview or uh, perform. Just sitting there breathing like a human being. So what actually is there? What happens? I mentioned about the six uh, different sense store experiences there are. When you're sitting like this, usually actually you don't have so much of three of them. So usually not so much of taste uh, and of smell, you could say. And then if your eyes are closed, you're not actually seeing directly. The visual experiences you're having are through the mind. Occasionally maybe some piece of like breakfast will dislodge and you'll get to taste or you'll (laughs) smell something, but mostly... There's not so much happening through that, those sense doors. So actually when you sit here, there's three things happening. It seems like a lot is happening, but it, you can kind of break it down to three things. There are body sensations that are happening. Tingling, heat, cold, different sensations of all different varieties, pleasant ones, unpleasant ones. But we could put all of those in the category of uh, experiences of the body. There are sounds happening sometimes, that you notice. And then there's the whole realm of uh, the mind and mind objects. So now usually we're focused on the object itself very much, uh, particularly with thought. 
Like we engage in that field of thought. We believe in our thoughts. We read them. We act on them. We identify with them. So in this practice, we're actually trying to notice, you know, what is actually true of being a human being here when we simplify things, when we actually drop away uh, our usual constructs. And you can see this through actually just these three different sense impressions that happen. There's sounds that happen, there's body sensations that happen, and there are thoughts that happen. So we can slowly train ourselves to just notice these things just as they are, you know, not as we are concocting them or complicating them to be, but just as they are. And this takes some training to do because we're not used to it, uh, particularly with the field of uh, thoughts. Also, actually, even with the field of the body, just to see the body as it is, is difficult. We're usually very quick to identify and to conceptualize around that. This is my body. This means this. It's like this. But through paying attention to this field, we can see that actually everything is just as it is. It really is just this kaleidoscope of shifting of all these different experiences. And the more that we can actually just rest in that, not complicate that, not have to over-identify with that, the more that we can actually rest in the truth of freedom and of reality. So we spend our day in this practice of simplicity, actually, of just trying to be present as best as we can and to notice what's really here. So with the sitting practice, in the beginning, it can be helpful to ground yourself in the body. So dropping into the experience of the body in the present moment. And the breath is one aspect of that that's happening on its own, quite naturally, which you could rest your attention in. But then the other different experiences will arise, including emotional experiences and thoughts and all of these things. And that's all okay. So you're just sort of learning to pay attention and know what's happening in the moment. See it clearly as it is. So many, many times we'll sort of drop into some uh, daydream or get lost or something like that. And even just noticing that that's happening can be something interesting. So seeing how that just happens. You know, there's no me directing that. Noticing that and then bringing the attention back. Once you've noticed where it's gone, and then starting again. So you can just be very patient and kind with yourself. Like you're training small children to swim, you know, like your mind, right? Uh, And it helps also to have some um, joy in it, too. It's a really great opportunity to see, like, oh, what, what is actually here? can be very fun to investigate and see. So I'll pause there and see if there's any questions about the practice so far. Cool. So we'll have other opportunities for uh, questions at different times during the weekend too. The other practice that is uh, on our schedule often is practice of uh, walking meditation. So this is also a really helpful practice for us of developing connection with the body in the present. 
So knowing what's happening in the body and motion is a very helpful practice also to take back, to train yourself in here at the retreat, and then it's something that we can bring back into our daily lives because usually we walk so much you know, to your car, to the subway, down the hall. So developing walking meditation as a practice can help you very much when you leave the retreat also to make the practice integrated into your life as well. Sometimes people discount the walking meditation. Uh, I think partly because you see more statues of Buddha sitting like this and not like in mid-step walking. But it's actually an equally important practice. Um, And uh, I recently saw an exhibit of statues of Buddha walking. That was from, uh, I think, Southeast Asia. There was a whole school of uh, time in which there were a lot of iconography of uh, walking meditation. So Pascal will give us some uh, instruction about the walking practice. Thank you. So... The rules of the game are, <laughs> you can, uh, in the formal uh, walking practice that uh, we do here, you, you can uh, feel free to do this inside or outside, and there's a bunch of places in the lawn in front here, and uh, um, maybe over there. There's a few walking rooms just behind uh, us here. There's a walking room downstairs. There's a walking room also. I think uh, in the annex over there, there's a walking room. Also in what we used to call the gym, I think. It's a lower, um, past the dining hall, there's a stairway going downstairs. And there's a few space there where you can uh, walk. When we do the formal walking, we walk back and forth, uh, maybe uh, between 10 and 25 steps, maybe, in a very simple way. Like I'll start uh, t- walking there and walk at the end stop, turn, and walk again. It's extremely simple. It's, uh, it's just more of doing nothing, like sitting, really. Um, and uh, again, the mind uh, will be revealed. That's one of the things that will happen. You know? I, like the, I like the walking uh, because I say to myself, okay, can you uh, just walk for like, I don't know, the, the periods are a different length, but can you walk for like half an hour back and forth? It's very simple, no big challenges there, no threats. Yet it can easily become epic, you know, like, why did I choose to walk here? I should walk where they walk. <laughs> Their walking spot is better. I should be doing something else than walking. I should be, you know, Sufi dancing or Qigonging, you know, or... <laughs> That would, you know, and the mind, like, oh, maybe I'll just go in my room just to check my socks if they're in order in my room. (laughs) And then it's like, no, stay, you're committed to walk, you know. It's very interesting to see how the mind will create things. Like, I don't walk like she or he walks or they walk, you know. Like, I'd love to walk like they walk, you know. (laughs) So I like to see the mind come up with, uh, create a world, you know, of uh, sometimes trouble and complexities when the actual uh, event is extremely simple. Yeah. 
sometimes the mind is not so, uh, you know, reactive or so busy. So the walking can uh, become much more quiet. And as I walk, I can feel uh, the body moving through space, the stepping, just being there for uh, the foot as it touches the ground or lifts the ground, you know. Really be there for that. And then I can enter, and you might have this experience too, a different field of the mind. Suddenly there's this uh, particular experience that I like of contentment. Uh, so just stepping becomes a kind of a reality that is full. I don't need anything else. I don't need to acquire something or be somebody else. It's just stepping, it feels like this, you know. That's very freeing for the mind, and we can notice this. So that's uh, part of the, what the walking meditation is. As Anushka was saying, I think it's uh, extremely important because we can associate stillness with mindfulness or presence, some kind of presence. And then we're, you know, we spend so much time in movement in life that if we make that wrong association, that presence, ease of mind, qu- uh, mm, Mindfulness is only when sitting, then it cuts uh, many of the opportunities to to be there in life. So um, maybe what we'll do is uh, we'll just I'll invite you to um, stand up, and we'll do just a little exercise to prepare for the walking. But as you stand up, don't stand up to be up. Stand up also to be up, but also to be there as standing is happening. You don't have to be weird in any way, you know, it's just regular standing up. The difference is we're not doing it only so it's done. We're doing it because it's full of life as we're standing up. So enjoy that process. And uh, as Anushka was just pointing out earlier, Uh, the body, the experience of the body is constantly changing. So if we bring attention to the body now, it's a very different body experience than a few minutes ago. No? It feels very different than when you have like pressure on the butt or something like it's a different experience now. And so in the practice of meditation, we bring attention to this. How? The reality has changed almost completely now. It feels very different to be here. So you can connect with this just like that, very simply, directly. And if you want, uh, you could um, slowly and carefully just uh, sway uh, on the right side so the weight goes on your right feet. And just be there for that experience. If you want, you could uh, sway on the other side slowly. And sway back. If you want, you could even lift your left foot maybe and just feel that, the lifting, the weight or the lightness and move it forward. And be there for the placing of the foot just that encounter with the ground and the switch of the weight on the 
left foot, feet, foot, foot, feet. <laughs> and then again, if you want to take another step, just for the joy of it. And come back to standing with weight on both feet. And so, as you do the walking, maybe as you start to walk in your little path, you know, you cross across your path. What I like about this form where we just do a few steps and turn around is that sometimes we'll want to be present. And as I, I start walking, I just get caught in some some kind of something, you know, uh, you know, some kind of consideration about something. And because I reached the end of my path, so then I can maybe remember, oh yeah, I had the intention of just being present, so I can just stop, take a breath, feel the body standing, turn, be there for the turning is very unique. Often we turn to be on the other side, but turning to be there while you're turning is a whole other way to live, you know. Now it's fun because after when you do the you do the dishes, for example, at home, instead of doing the dishes so the dishes are done, you can also be there while you do the dishes, you know, and be alive, you know. And then suddenly you find like, oh, there's so many moments in my life where I'm kind of a phantom, some kind of not really not 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 really alive, like kind of zombie like, you know. And so we can regain some freedom, some wakefulness. So you turn, and then you walk again, trying to see if you can feel it. And you can uh, find your own rhythm for the walking. Uh, in, these, uh, cult- in this culture here, people tend to slow down a lot, you know, so it goes like that. It can be fun, but it, cannot, it can also not be your rhythm. You know, it can, it can be, what's that? You know, find your rhythm. You might walk regular pace, slow down a little bit. If your mind gets really interested, it might really slow a lot, you know, and just feel a little bit like we just did. But you can walk at any pace you like. You can play with the pace. Yeah. And um, try to not uh, cross path with somebody. That makes for a lot of complexity. Not you, not me, no. You know? So, uh, and uh, I think that's a lot already. And when we come back for the next sit, I'll say a few words about the sitting posture at the next, the beginning of the next uh, sitting. Okay? Yes? Pascal, you mentioned walking in the gym, but it's under construction right now. Oh, yeah. Okay. Thank you so much. So, not there. <laughs> All right? Okay. So, dining all is part of the rules, is in the rules of the game, but not where the cooks walk. And uh, anyway, you'll find your you'll find your way. You can walk uh, in the walking room here. On this, you see people walk like that, so there can be several people there. Downstairs, there's a walking room on the in the annex building, the further building. But also, all around outside, it's great. And I think we try to keep the south lawn, which is behind there. Uh, uh, free for staff to enjoy, but uh, in the front lawn here, there's uh, on the paveway or the grass, yeah, barefoot shoes, 
whatever, you know. But uh, please enjoy your own mind, heart, body. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.